Hello, welcome to another weekly edition of the 1980s Movie Graveyard. I'm the GOAT here with Corey G. Corey G., thank you so much for coming down to the basement, bringing your best VHS tapes for us to watch here. I'm no problem. I couldn't get the soup, but I got the McDonald's hamburger. Nice. Fuck Wahlburgers. Fuck Wahlburgers. You know what? We could sit here and we could tell the fans, you know, everybody knows Mark Wahlburger, huge international movie star. Not to the level of, say, a Vin Diesel or Paul Walker, but, you know, he opens a hamburger place. You think it's going to be good. Next thing you know, you're eating a substandard hamburger while looking at a contraband poster, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, or looking out the window. Exactly. A dumpster with syringes by it. Okay. We're going to get to tonight's movie here in a second, but as all you li- hardcore listeners know, going back to our first episode, which was actually, oh, wow. Did you get did did you get the shake or the soda? That's my tomato soup. Oh, your tomato soup on the side. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's an exotic meal there. Mm-hmm. McDonald's and soup. <clears throat> but you know, as our hardcore listeners know, you know we actually you know it's been a little bit on the fritz. I haven't been able to use it a whole lot, but we do have a time machine, isn't that right, Corey? Mm-hmm. Well, this past week, it, there was a little bit of juice left in it before I had to recharge it. So I said, you know, I'm going to go a little bit actually into the future. Now, when you go into the past, just explain time travel for everybody out there. When you go into the past, you go to the real past of what really happened. But when you go in the future, because not everything's been decided yet, you you know, you, you wind up in some shaky territory. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it's basically one possible future. That's what I'll say. So, I went, actually, three weeks into the future, and, you know, started, you know, I fired up the slowhandradio at gmail.com email address, and I started reading some of our fan mail that we're going to be getting here in the next couple weeks. Would you like to hear some of it, Corey? You betcha. Hang on one second. (laughs) Okay. Okay, your cough is still lingering, I see. Or was that just the soup getting caught? That was the soup, and I got some crackers on my chest here oh wow how many listeners did or have we lost already well you eat your i want to give a big shout out to my man bird <laughs> all right let's talk holy shit let's talk about it what what, what do you want to give bird props on eating it talking about this steak who else this is podcast genius two and a half hours mm-hmm. about eating a steak that's right who it, does that Bird, that's who. If people, if people don't know, head on over to slowhandradio.com. Uh, go to the last uh, episode or the newest episode of If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It. The Steaktacular, I believe, is what he calls everything a spectacular. So he called this one a Steaktacular. Bird sat down with a couple special guests and he held court about what it's like eating a steak, what happens when he sees steaks being eaten in movies, and who he would like to actually eat a steak with in the future. It was pretty interesting. I feel bad, but I bet that guy's back really hurts. <laughs> Why would you say that? He had to carry some other two fuckers during that whole show. <laughs> really? You didn't feel like the other the other co-hosts were doing a good enough job on the steak-tacular? Oh, they stunk. All right, scathing criticism. Try, we're trying to do a plug here for a fellow slowhand show. And it always results in scathing criticism. I can understand why you have no Facebook friends, Corey. I'm not on Facebook. Exactly. So getting back to our fan correspondence here, or listener correspondence, I should say, because after reading these, I don't think we have too many fans, cousin. 
the first email that I got will actually be coming in 11 days from now, but I read it last week, and then I have it here. It kind of sucks, too, because I didn't figure it out. When you, when you travel into the future and you try to send your future emails to yourself, they just get caught in a loop, and you can never get them. So I had, I had to handwrite all these down. All right. The first, the first email, you know how uh, when it comes in a Gmail... Um, everybody has like their little aliases, or I guess in the old days people used to put their real names on email. Now they just come up with fake names. Well, this one I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a a fake name right here. This one's come from Donald E. Don't give a fuck duck. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's a bank robber alias or something. He says, "Dear 1980 movies graveyard podcast." I listened to your first episode, which which was the Terminator, but it confused me because you were saying it was actually your second episode. Then I realized you guys were just pulling an elaborate prank, and you guys are full of shit like every other podcaster out there. Not only did you not do justice to the 1984 James Cameron-directed Arnold Schwarzenegger-starring action vehicle, the Terminator, but you just made it a big cunning ruse on how you own a time machine that you purchased from a homeless man. I don't believe it for a second. I'm not buying into it, and I'll never listen to this shitty podcast again. Yours truly. Well, I would tell him to go fuck himself, but he's not listening. So, that's okay. (laughs) Well, he's not listening. And actually, technically, he hasn't even written this email yet. That's what's fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like, when you think about it. Mm So, Donald don't give a fuck, Duck. I'm sorry you didn't like the show, but the time machine is real. What, what, what if you and me, Corey, were, you know, if we were more vindictive types and we tracked this guy down and we used the time machine to, like, get him when he was in fifth grade and give him a wedgie in front of his entire school? How do you think he would feel about that? I'd probably just shoot his dad before he was born. <laughs> wow, you would be going full T-800, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Or I'll be trying to do that butterfly effect and fucking strangle him with his umbilical cord in the womb. Yeah. All right, we got one more. If you're thinking of fucking with me, people, don't. (laughs) We got one more. This one's actually coming in 16 days from now. So, again, keep in mind this person hasn't even written this yet. All right, this one comes... I'm going to butcher this guy's last name. I'm pretty sure he's from overseas. First name is Sam. That's easy to say. The last one starts with an X. I'm going to say Jianong. It's like Jianong. So Sam Jianong. Sam Jianong says, Hey guys, just checking in here. I listened to your first episode, The Terminator, where you talked about how you time traveled in order to avoid a mistake of releasing a bad episode, which was your actually your second episode, Beverly Hills Cop. Boy, were you guys right in traveling back in time. <laughs> because that second episode, you not only did you sound like the mean dicks you described, but the episode just stunk. <laughs> However, I will continue to give you guys a chance because I am a big fan of 1980s nostalgia films, DVDs, and presentations. Whatever presentations means, I don't, I don't get that part. So, yeah. So, Maybe. Sam, I'm sorry if we let you down. Maybe we can jump in the time machine once more, but, you know... I don't know. We did our best. Run out of fuel for it too. Yeah, we are. It's it's low. But I mean, I don't know. It, it, you know, we had a time machine, okay? 
Could we have gone back in time and killed Adolf Hitler and saved, you know, millions of people? Sure we could have. But we were more worried about having a good first episode, weren't we, Court? You're damn right. We gotta get the dollar shave. We gotta get that. Oh, I, I, I got an idea. We go back in time. We look up what, what year Dollar Shave was, you know, invented, found it, opened up business. We go back in time a year before that, and we start Dollar Shave. So the the real Dollar Shave guy, because we know it's a good idea to work. He's rich now, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we go back and we do it right before him, and then, then we don't need Dollar Shave because we are Dollar Shave. Why hasn't anyone come out with 50 Cent Blade? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that will be our knockoff. Could be. So I any, was confident that the 99 cent store would put the dollar store out of business, but it never happened. Yeah, it never did. So anyway, that's it. Why would it. you go to the dollar store if you got a 99 cent store? It's like those dollar store people are like, they see that sap coming a mile away. I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I wonder if like the guy who had the idea for the everything's $2 store, he just got run out of business by all the 99 cent stores. That's what I'm thinking. Or I wonder if the $0.99 cent store shoppers go over to the two, Everything's $2 store to talk shit to the guy. It could be, too. Yeah, talking about how he's snotty and sno- snooty and, uh, you know, all this overpriced you know merchandise here labeled for $2. I bet that's a big problem. So anyway, that's enough of our future email correspondence to Donald Don't Give a Duck Fuck and Sam Jean-Nong-Nong-Nong. Um... Maybe you'll end up writing these emails and send them to us at slowhandradio at gmail.com. Maybe you won't because maybe, you know, whatever, timelines and whatnot of alternate whatever, time travel, paradox, whatever, will stop you from writing these. But if you do end up writing them, that's fine. I'll read them again. Maybe on a future show I'll break these emails out and read them again when, when I get them again. One of my future – I'm getting confused by this shit now. When my future self gets these emails again in the mail, maybe I'll read them on another show. It's time for me to do plugs. Okay. <laughs> okay, now. What would you like I'm to I'm not plug? plugging. I don't want to plug any podcast because they don't plug us. Fuck them. Not even the Staketacular? On the YouTube. Unless you have Sirius Satellite Radio. But you go on the YouTube. Some people have started putting out four-hour compilations of the Richard Christie and Sally Stockbroker. Tradio prank calls. Recommend anybody listen to them. I probably recommend that you listen to them, and you know, before you even listen to this, because theirs is funnier. But you, you listen to these crank calls to the local swap and trade shows. Okay. Just type in Richard and Sal Howard Stern Tradio. Okay, I'll, I'll actually do that myself. So you know, you wouldn't think about it, but you can actually get some good podcast listen material while you're at work off of YouTube. I do it all the time. I listened to that, and they even got wise and started sending in emails to some of these people. You know, they had emails from, you know, uh, uh, Mike Hunt. Oh, wow. And, and my favorite, uh, Bree Seaspick. <laughs> and I think they had Phil T. Nigger. And, I mean, they just had a whole bunch of good ones. <laughs> that sounds like some high-quality entertainment, much like oh. our feature presentation tonight. That's right. Tonight oh, wait, wait, we gotta let the fans decide. Okay, let's let the fans decide. What fans tell us? We'll put a post on the Facebook. We'll uh, let us know some movies you want us to cover. That's right. Now I know a lot of fans of fucking dummies. I've always said this. 
Not our numbers. fans, though. 1980s. I want to see somebody saying, talk about the clockwork orange. Or somebody saying, you need to do the new Mad Max. It's got to be in the 80s. 80s. So before you make a suggestion, check Wikipedia. Check the year. Because, you know, I'm guilty of it, too. I'll say, we should do this movie. And you go, no, that's 1990. And I say, oh, poop. Yeah. But the good news is we'll eventually <clears throat> run out of 1980s movies to talk about, right? So then we'll have to start a 1990s podcast. Oh, no, there's a lot of 80s movies out there. Yeah. Well, also, too, I, I don't you kind of feel like we have to wait for this decade that we're in right now to end and then it will be turned for the 90s nostalgia, really. Don't forget, there's also 80s TV shows, too. That is true. You could always do that. Maybe we could get Bird to do a spinoff for us. About what? Well, first of all, Steak. But second of all, you know, all the movies that we can't cover because we don't have the time. Does he have a lot of time on his hands? Actually, I would say he doesn't because he only puts out a podcast episode about every three months. Yeah, but when you're that golden, it yeah. probably takes you. How many comedy clubs do you think this guy's got to hit to work on his, his, his routine? <laughs> to get the steak talk down? Are you telling me, his, if, if you tell me that this man's coming up off the cuff, no, I would no. just be even more amazed. This, it's not possible. I mean, you know, like, okay, you, you watch The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. He's got a staff of 20 people riding. His shit's not as good as Bird's, right? So maybe Bird has a team of people working around the clock, you know, come up with his steak comments and whatnot. He might. Like I said, I just I just probably, I got a feeling he's getting tired of carrying that other guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, you know. Kind of like how poor Jelly always carrying the source. <laughs> That's right. Let's go ahead and get the movie rolling tonight. Feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Smoking is not permitted in this auditorium. It's the law. Certificates are available at the box office. for helping us keep the theater clean. As you exit the auditorium, please deposit litter in trash receptacles in the lobby. Please be considerate and don't talk during the show. That's right, we're talking about the 1982 film Death Wish 2. We're going to go ahead and get it started. We got the DVD paused on the... Uh, unfortunately, I'm watching this on the streaming version. However, last night I did place an order for the Death Wish 2, 3, and 4 Blu-ray 3-pack. I'll have that soon so we can cover more Death Wishes in the future. But right now... Five? Five didn't come in the set. I, I can't find it on blue. There, okay, there was a Denmark... It's been a different company. Yeah. And, and there's some places that even claim Part 5 is a TV movie. What do you no, think? No, it's not. It's not? Okay. I think it was a different company. I don't. I bought them all. I have them on the on the DVD, but I, you know, I didn't get it like a box. I just bought them all separate as they came out. Yeah. This one's actually a region too. I'm about to start. Oh, interesting. So, so you'll have the um, the thing I did, right? Where it'll be speed. I might. Yeah, you might have to pause it. So yeah, so Death Wish Two. We're gonna fire it up here. We got it paused on the MGM screaming line here. 
He's actually kind of licking his lips right now at the six second mark. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. You hit play on your DVD player when I say go. If you don't have the DVD at home, don't worry because we're going to go off topic a little bit. We'll, you know, we'll try to keep this like a regular conversation. So, all right, everybody, grab that remote and one, two, three, go. Ah, shit. There we go. Don't I hit the wrong button at first. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll get caught up in a few seconds. All right. First yeah, of boy, oh. that's right. Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus for City Films. This was before they were calling Canon really Canon. They're calling it, you know, City Films. Who in the fuck in their right mind would think that's L.A.? It is L.A., right? That ain't L.A. Ass. This wasn't filmed in L.A. That don't look nothing like Los Angeles. <laughs> Well, first of all, no, like that one shiny building was even in Playing God, that David Duchovny movie. But um, this, that's a pretty good movie. I actually kind of like that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, this is. Um, I'm pretty sure this all this aerial footage of the credits player. Don't you think this is stock footage? Because it was cheaper for them to like rent yeah, the footage. I've seen this shot of the expressway in a hundred movies. Yeah. And there, it's later in the movie, but I swear, I think there's a shot of the Hollywood sign that was stock footage used again in uh, the Informers just a couple years ago. Because I want to say this was filmed, like, somewhere in Virginia. Nah, I mean, Canon at the time was based in L.A., so I think it was cheaper for them to keep it close. Cause they even Google sh- that. They look that up. See, there's the fish market. I've actually been there. Mm. No, I thought it was interesting that Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin did the music. I found that a, a weird... Um, you know, choice. Which one was Jeff Goldblum the rapist in? That was part one. Yeah, because remember he had that Jughead hat. That's right. Larry Fishburne's one of the rapists in this one. Yeah, it just proves you can start. You can become a rapist and start a career. Yeah, for a lot of the early actors, especially when the Death Wish, uh, you know, series was really going hot and heavy. Like you could really um, just start. You know, start out your acting jobs just playing nothing but rapist pretty much i just had an idea mm. remake where the new charles bronson guy goes after the tenille oh my god that would that would be like the ultimate like what do you call it a grudge match um you know what i mean uh, boxing rematch type thing ever i think starring michael chiklis yeah you would be wrong cousin and i would be right Filming locations for Death Wish 2, Angeles, Rosedale Cemetery, 1831 West Washington Boulevard, Los Angeles, Point Furman Park, Paseo Del Mar, San Pedro, Los Angeles, Yomashira Restaurant, North Sycamore Animal, Hollywood. Yep, every single one. L.A. location, cousin. Charles Bronson got that Mexican lady working for him. Yeah, I thought this was weird because Charles Bronson got a real fucked up house here. It kind of looks like an apartment, but then it's big, so I thought, it, no, it's a house. But later on, he comes home, and there are people having a party on his lawn, like his neighbors. I think he's got a maid while he's living in an apartment. That makes no sense. A living no. maid while you're in an apartment. Then the fact, Charles Bronson, I bet this motherfucker looked this way when he was in high school. That's his real <laughs> wife, I do believe. Yeah, Jill Ireland. Glad you brought that up. She actually um, ended up passing away about mm, 12, 13 years before Charles did. Of breast cancer, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, they were married for uh, like thirty years. And there's his catatonic daughter. Yeah, from the first one. Yeah, interesting. At the end of the first one, she wasn't catatonic, from what I remember. 
Yeah, wasn't she just kind of recovering, like from getting yeah. beat up or whatever? Uh, this, this, whatever. What is Charles Bronson? What nationality is he? Oh, I was just looking up. His real last name is Budinsky, so I think he's uh, some kind of uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Let me look it up. I don't want to offend anybody <laughs> with Charles Bronson's nationality. Because yeah, he's got legions of fans. Yeah, his real name is Charles Dennis. Uh, Buczynski. Unfortunately, he died of uh, pneumonia and Alzheimer's in 2003. Let's see. He was actually born in the Coal Region Mountains up in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. He's American, I think. Yeah. Lithuanian immigrant father and Lithuanian American mother. So, yeah. Check check this out. He was the 11th of 15 children. (laughs) God damn. Them Lithuanians don't believe in condoms. No, they don't. I thought he had a big family with his wife here, Jill Ireland, because they were both married before and had kids before. So they kind of had this, like, mixed family. Like, he had three or four kids. She had three or four kids. That was probably nothing compared to what he grew up with. I want you to answer me some. This old man, pot belly and a members-only coat and khaki pants. He doesn't have a pot belly. Come on. Why does, why does everybody think he's just some big, tough badass? Well, you got to see his movies when he's, when he's younger, you know, when he got his reputation. There's Mary Fishburne right there. Yeah, that's right. Not there. We're only, what, five and a half minutes into this movie and already the Gang of Tough shows up. And we got to describe this Gang of Tough, especially the leader here. What's this hairdo this guy has? It's kind of like a skullet. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, th- I thought the guy was maybe, like, balding on top when they first showed him. But he has hair. He just shaved it all off on top. And then he had a mullet in the back. You know, I'll give credit, though. You know, back here... Them gangs weren't as racist as they are nowadays. They're very interracial. Yeah, they are. They were integrated in this film. Now, you see Bronson running down all the, the hallways, corridors, alleyways, whatever you want to call it. Who has a better run, Slowhand or Bronson? I got to go Slowhand. He's got more of a flappy My, arm run, wouldn't you say? Bronson just kind of looks fat and winded. What? Okay, I, I have no clue why you're saying Bronson looks fat in this movie he at all. Like he's got a big pot belly in that members only coat. Okay, he's he must got be the coat. Yeah, well, he's got a long sleeve shirt underneath it too. Because you know how older people get cold easily. I mean, this is Los Angeles; they don't get that cold there, and it looks like it's a sunny day. I'll tell you what, that gang member was so incensed that Bronson threw his switchblade away. But he's lucky Bronson didn't cut his ass up. Doesn't he know he's the Death Wish? I don't think anybody knows that he's the Death Wish guy. Yeah. I think come part five, even he didn't know he was the Death Wish guy. He looked pretty damn Alzheimer's just in that movie. Yeah. His face kind of got... Like, this is like the intermediate stage, i say. Like, if you look at Bronson, The Great Escape, when he had short hair and no mustache, he had a very chiseled face like you would expect an action star to have. And as he got older, his his face got more saggy. You know, you know excuse me. You know what I mean? He just, I don't buy him as a tough guy. Yeah, but you got to understand, okay, when, when, okay, when this movie came out, we were, we were like kid kids, like small kids, right? That's so, right. So when you grew up, this was like your first exposure to Charles Bronson. You got to understand, at this point in time, this is like how we know Schwarzenegger now. People knew him for 30 years killing everybody in movies. So when it came to Death Wish, it was no surprise to people. I think Stallone would have been better in this movie than Charles Bronson. 
Well, I, I don't even think Stallone was famous when the first one came out, right? Because the first one came out like right when Rocky came out, maybe the same year. Okay, so in this movie, he's an architect, right? Yeah. And his woman is a reporter. Mm. How they afford to have Consuela there as a maid? Well, they don't even live. illegal, isn't she? This bitch is illegal, and he's, he's like, making her work, you know, so you don't deport her. Well, I don't think so. I don't, I, she seems there willingly. She's really happy. Yeah. Clean up this Charles Bronson Bruce. looks shady to me. I think he's running some kind of slave trade. He actually was fighting against the slave trade later in Kinjite, the Forbidden Subject, so I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I haven't seen that, but I have seen Navajo Joe with Burt Reynolds. Have you, man? Yes, Burt Reynolds is a very good Indian. Yeah, he actually kind of... Okay, Scarlet comes up, and he's banging on the door saying he's got a delivery. If only this maid knew what was coming next. She probably didn't know what he was saying. That could be. This is like the worst looking gang. Like, if I saw this gang, I think I would laugh. Well, you got the guy with the Scarlet... You got two black dudes. One of them is Larry Fishburne, who's like, he almost seems like he wants to be like a new wave, a cross between a new wave and a hip-hop guy. Yeah. Then we got a Latino guy, and then, like, the other white guy with the shaggy-ass hair. That, to me, he's the goofiest one of the gang, don't you think, besides Scully. Well, here, here's what I don't get. Okay, so they jacked his wallet, mm-hmm. and now they're going to go down his house and commit murder. Well, they're going to commit a lot more than murder, right? Yeah, but I mean, what's the motivation? Well, because he threw that one guy's switchblade away. You well, got I... you got to understand, 1982, when they made this movie, there was a real fear that, you know, this was the crime that was coming. This movie, wouldn't you say, is very much in the same vein, came out the same year as uh, Class of 1984, where they were really yeah. concerned with the, how the crime was escalating with the young toughs out there. I'm trying to figure out how this shitty-ass tiny house is so big on the inside. This house apartment, that, whatever. That outside shot didn't look very big. Mm. That was a great scream when the uh, the maid sees the skullet guy outside. <laughs> she was so in terror from that. Yeah, and, and Lawrence Fishburne, he's even wearing gloves like Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's really weird. He's got them weird skinny new wave sunglasses. You gotta turn on the radio. You gotta have some music. Yeah, to cover up your ravings. Yeah. Okay. When I was watching this, it, and, and you know, I knew that the Death <laughs> Wish movies were all about rape and whatnot. But when I saw this, I'm not gonna lie. Like this rape scene against the maid, like this really, this really got to me. It goes overboard. Like these guys are so happy to be raping. And the the you know the director of this film, Michael Winter, he actually directed the first Death Wish as well. You could tell this guy when he showed rapes, like he really wanted to like make you feel upset about it. Because I mean, this goes on forever, and the brutality of it. This lady gets like they literally take her from room to room and rape her in every room of the house. I'm getting word on the Wikipedia this is Bill Cosby's favorite, second favorite movie after Ghost Dad. <laughs> really? Now they're even fighting over who's going to get to do the deed there. I bet if I bet if Bill Cosby wasn't. Uh, such a big star at the time, he would have played one of the gang leaders, wouldn't you think? Probably that guy right there. Yeah. Or it's, maybe him. I mean, like, th- this woman's not an ugly woman, but, but I mean, she, she's a maid. She's a, you know, a homely woman. Like, I don't know, just seeing her seeing her clothes being ripped off like that, it just seems so wrong, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, these guys would rape anybody. But I don't get why. They, damn, that's a big-ass bed. It is. 
I think, yeah, that's the thing I don't get is they're acting like they're, you know, doing Jenny McCarthy or something here. Yeah, I mean, they're way, like... I mean, I guess they say in a way, too, that rape is, like, wow, like, ripping more clothes off. I guess they say uh, rape is a crime. I feel like we're getting sociological here or something. We're talking about the ills of society, but they say rape is a crime of power, not sex. And I guess that would make sense. Look, they even whipped her back all up. See, my logic has always been I can have sex. I don't need to rape anybody. Yeah, why would you rape anyway? And not only that, it's like, A, you're going to go to jail forever. B, you're going to fuck up that person's life forever. Like, why do it? You know what I mean? And you'll probably get raped when you hit the joint. Exactly. Just ask Jared. You beat me to the punch. <laughs> yeah. His name is Jared. He's still looking good. He the sandwich. I think that's how it went. There's that South Park episode. She's kind of cute. I think, actually, I think uh, Jill Ireland's kind of cute. Yeah, she's a good-looking woman, too. Oh, Bronson. Now, now, okay, you know what Jill Ireland looks like in this movie at this time frame? And we look like, we know what Bronson's face looked like at this time. I would say he, he was scoring a woman out of his league, wouldn't you? Don't, you know, highly. Yeah, yes. Now, he didn't notice that van parked in front of the house. The rape van? Yeah. He puts up a pretty good struggle, I guess. Mm, I mean, for as best as a senior citizen could. Yeah, I mean, he is an elderly man. See, this is like like the director. He all the details of the of the maid, like trying to crawl naked, you know, to get to the phone. Oh, like then they hit her in the face with a crowbar, killer. Full fans of if you're not watching this movie, and if you're sensitive to you know scenes like this, I would say probably don't watch this movie. Because, I mean, look, they're just repeatedly showing this woman dead with full frontal nudity, everything. But here's why I don't get it. Their, their beef was with him. Right. Correct? Right. Why didn't they do anything to him? They just knocked him out. Now well, they're going to kidnap this this girl. They don't know that's his daughter. They have no idea. Well, I mean, another thing, too, is how bad of a criminal element are these people, like, these guys? Like, first of all, you know... They weren't wronged in any way. They were in the wrong. They were trying to mug and take the wallet of Charles Bronson. Okay, he chased one of them, roughed him up a little bit, and now they want to kill everybody he knows. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, please, evil. Yeah, I don't. It, 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 this would be a good WWE angle, right? Kind of like when Val Venus was was fucking that little Japanese guy's wife. And they said, I chop a chop you pee pee. And they tried to cut off his dick. <laughs> okay, that was that was back when WWE was not uh, PG era, I'm assuming. No, PG era WWE sucks. Yeah, it sure does. My son watches it. Now, and of course, you know, I watch it with him. But, man, that's poop. Is The Undertaker a bad guy now? Uh, he's neither. He's not a heel. He's not a face. Okay, then answer me this. Everybody was cheering on Seth Rollins and booing John Cena. Right. Why is he still the good guy? Well, he's not. That's why he lost. I don't get it. Now, let's talk a little bit character-wise, okay? Bronson's, uh, you know, the story, if people don't know, the first Death Wish film. No, I have one more question for you. (laughs) Okay. What's going on here? The bitch just coming home. How did Sting, the guy who loses to Triple H, come back in a box... And get a title shot. <laughs> I can't answer that because after viewing SummerSlam, I said no more WWE. So I, 
I didn't see the star-studded event of the year Raw that preceded the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Was was my man Stephen Emile good though? He was. He was. I mean, he was okay for an actor trying to wrestle, but he was pretty awkward. Okay. There she just opened. She knocked on the door, and that woke try. In, in movies, if you knock on a door, that's like the equivalent of smelling salts. <laughs> yeah, it woke Bronson up. Larry Fishburne creepy looking in this movie. He's very creepy. He looks like there's something just like off about him. Now let's Who's talk. Leader? Who's he been? What else has he been in? I don't know which. I don't know which guy you would consider the leader. Is the leader the Skullet or the? I would guess the Skullet dude, because from what I remember, he's the last one killed. No, nah, he's actually one of the first ones killed. The um, see, this bitch is just stupid. Well, let's her plan let's, to get away is to jump out a window. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you because because she was in a mental institution because of what happened to her, what she witnessed in the first film. So this is actually her second time getting raped. And I gotta say, I don't think any film series now would have the balls to create such a victimized character. Would you? I don't think that you could in nowadays make a movie like this. Period. I don't think you could yeah. even use this as a plot. I think there'd be so many people protesting outside the theater if you had a rape scene like that. I mean, like we all know what the Tamil did, but you know that wasn't a movie with the mainstream star that was playing in theaters. The Death Wish too. This was playing in theaters, drive-ins on video. You know, back in the days where you know I don't HBO. know. Yeah, like they didn't card you to rent a videotape back then. You know, kids could have rent this. They probably did. I'm sure they did. Nowadays, we are horror movies are all PG-13. That's right. And that's also why nobody shows up to see them. Plus, they, nobody opens them in October. You want to see a horror movie, you got to go in August. Yeah, that's when the real scary stuff is happening. Or September 4th. That's the real scary time. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I, I was going to bring it up earlier because, you know, Bronson was kind of just going about his business here. Um... You know, earlier in the movie, just coming here and there. He was very casual. But this is where the casual Bronson performance really starts creeping in here. You know, we know his his maid, who he's close to, has been raped and murdered. His daughter has been kidnapped. You know, he couldn't stop it. And obviously, he's withholding information because he wants to track the guys down to himself. But he just, he's not even upset here that his daughter's missing from a gang of known rapists and murderers. No, his fat ass is probably missing a sandwich. And even here, when he identifies his daughter on the sl- the slab morgue or whatever you call it, like, I mean, he he's kind of intense, but I don't know. He's just kind of like be more broken up. Yeah, he's just like, oh well. Mm. And like, maybe like, that gives him a purpose, you know. I mean, if you really want to think about it, like, he probably. You know, his old fat ass, you know, in the first one, he was probably, you know, when he was killing people. Why do you keep saying he's yeah. fat? He's not he's fat. fat. <laughs> okay, where, like, where's where's his problem area of fatness? Because I'm looking at... I'm looking at that gut. <laughs> there is no gut. When he stands in profile and straight yeah, up... Double chin. He's got three chins. No, he's got jowls because he's an older man <laughs> and he's aging and his skin is loosening around his face, but... He probably felt young killing them people. So maybe that's, you know, in all honesty, maybe he's like, nah, I can get revenge. Maybe he's, you know, I'm not saying he's happy his daughter's dead. He's obviously not, but, you know, kind of like gives him a purpose or something. Like, like he almost, you know, he almost is the kind of guy who will find a silver lining. 
<laughs> in a double rape and murder. Yeah, it's got to be boring to just draw blueprints of houses for a living. Now you can go kill some people. Yeah. Besides, he needs to get out and kill some people. He's sitting by that desk drawing pictures. He's getting fat. Uh, all right. Look at that. He can't even button the bottom button of his suit. <laughs> if you think Charles Bronson in this movie is fat, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I don't know what I got to tell you about fat guys like star. Kevin James. <laughs> He's not an action star, though. He is. He did. Here comes the boom. <clears throat> oh, and I guess Paul Blart. Technically, yeah. he did stop a, a terrorist takeovers. I never saw part two. I heard it was one of the worst movies ever made. It's horrible. It's one of the bad <laughs> Okay, like. Bronson goes on this retreat up in a cabin. I never understood. He got, He's chopping wood next to a stream. When he splits the wood, half the wood goes on the beach, the other half goes into the river. <laughs> what kind of ineffective wood chopping is this, goddammit? Well, he's, he's trying to get like Rocky. Remember in Rocky IV, he was chopping the wood to get ready for a fight? Mm-hmm. He's trying to burn some of that pudge off. That's why he's up there. He's fucking chopping the wood. He's working on the biceps and the triceps. He looks like, in this scene, he looks like he's more firmed up. Yeah, he's been working. Carrying around that glass crystal. Yeah, it looks like a little cat or something. I think so. He goes I'm right... setting it down so he don't get tempted to eat it. He goes right back to work looking at the... Uh, the, the fake little boy called model buildings that he's going to build. Don't they give these people like bereavement days? Well, he's the boss guy. And that's another thing, too, is he, if you pay attention, he's an architect who works for a TV station. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> How I many TV see. studios do they have to build? Yeah, I mean, well, maybe he was getting ready to build CNN. That could be. Because that's how he met Jill Ireland, who's, I guess, is like a reporter or a news director. That's how he met her, was, you know, doing buildings for the news station. I gotta say, real quick, I watched Dumb and Dumber 2. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I don't know what all them critics were saying. I laughed just as hard at that as I did part one, because it's the same movie. Well, I mean, uh, you know, not to go too off onto a tangent. Oh, by the way, I love this here where he tells the guy. He can build the exact same building in steel, wooden frame, or concrete. <laughs> what kind of blueprints are these when you can't make it out of anything? Chuck, how much would it cost to make it out of cardboard? How much can we save for that? He just drew one picture and then made it in four different colors. <laughs> he did, he did. Look how unprofessional is this. Yeah, just making out in the middle of the thing middle of the office but uh yeah not to get too far off talking but i guess it kind of you know it's kind of fitting to talk about this is uh you know we're watching a movie like death wish 2 that hasn't you know i'm sure it didn't get good reviews back in the day is um you know a movie like death wish 2 if it came out now everybody you know the night before it opened the, you know thursday night everybody would go to rotten tomatoes these shitball critics would give it like a four percent and then nobody would go Whereas back in 1982, Death Wish 2, nobody knew anything about it. They went to see it. Maybe they liked it. Maybe they didn't. But either way, it made money. So then you got Death Wish 3, Death Wish 4. Death Wish... I hate Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is putting so many people in the movie industry out of business. Because if you look on Rotten mm-hmm. Tomato, everything's got a bad, terrible rating on there. Even when they're not bad movies. Why did he keep his gun stashed? 
underneath his shoes on a floorboard in his closet. Well, where else would he keep it? Yeah, but here's my thing. He didn't have little kids living there. Right. You know, like, if I didn't have a little kid, my gun would be on my dresser. But at the same time, he got caught being the... um being the vigilante in the first movie and it was only the the cop who agreed to let him go so he's he's got you know he's got to be careful but he doesn't have a record what he couldn't go buy a piece well i mean i guess he did i don't know maybe he got that piece no, on that's the probably the same goddamn gun i thought he had a much bigger gun in death wish i thought he had like one of those long barreled uh you just have a 44 yeah but this is like a small little thing in this Nah, he just got fatter, so the gun don't look as big and menacing. Now, what do you think about this is, uh, by the way, I want to ignore all your fat jokes anymore because the guy's not even fat, but what do you what do you think of this transition where he went around looking at all the street punks in his business suit, he realized he had to make a change, so he finds the, the nearest filthy, like, shit all over bathroom when he starts changing his clothes into some clothes he got at the thrift store. What do you think about well, he, it? Here's the other thing that makes no sense. Pretty soon he's going to go rent an apartment like a bat cave. <laughs> yeah. What, he can't operate out of his house? Why would you go into that filthy bathroom to do anything? Why not just change in your car? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or like, these alleyways, everybody's, like, pissing and shitting him. He could have just stood out in the alleyway and changed. Nobody would have bothered him. Well, in my complaint, and this isn't just him. This is any movie back then. Everybody in disguise wore them fucking beanies on their head. How would that disguise? But they never wore a mask. Yeah. No one will recognize me, boy. Oh, I'm wearing a beanie. It was funny. Some was people, I believe some people call the beanies toques. <laughs> Do they? They call it a toque. I don't. I've, I've heard people say that. I still to this day don't know what the fuck a toque is. If anyone listening can explain why a beanie and a toque are why they're called different things, please let us know. The um, now when he was witnessing his montage of crime, there street punks. He saw some street punks break into a, like a really shitty car, but yet he he drives like his thirty thousand dollar car down to the kid. Oh, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. You know, at least the bad guy in Karate Kid Three picked out this shitty car to drive around. Yeah, remember he said I need that car, and he said I need them dirty clothes. I need to look poorer. And that was dedication because nobody knew who the fuck he was in the beginning. I don't know why. And he didn't change his name. I don't know why he had to go into disguise like that. Yeah. This hotel is weird, too. In order to get a room, you don't talk to the desk guy. You got to get the room from this old man that's chasing you up and down the hallways. Mm-hmm. Found that weird. It's a Korean guy, isn't it? I'm not sure. I would assume so. The, uh, the sign outside said this hotel is $2.25 a day. Mm-hmm. So wasn't he worried by only giving the guy a couple bucks that he'd come back the next day and all his stuff would be gone, somebody else would be in there, and he'd lose all his back cave supplies? Well, that's why he keeps hiding his gun. Later on, he hides his gun underneath the thing. I'm just sad that his lamp don't have a shade. Yeah, that was a pretty shitty thing to do. Maybe maybe one of them crackheads that lived there rolled it up and smoked it. That could, or they used it as a napkin for the steak. <laughs> they could. Holy I'm going to check my Skype right now and see if Bird's on. Let's see. See if he can tell us about the steak. No, Bird is not on. We can't ask any steak-related questions. God damn it. But yeah, I also jumping back a few minutes here. When, when Bronson was looking for his shitty motel, 
like it was real deliberate. He kept walking by like these little storefronts that were like cheap wino churches, and he kept staring into them like he was mad. Like, why? Why do you think he didn't like the wino churches? I don't know. I'm also trying to figure out why he's wearing those nasty looking cotton pajamas. You know, I the only the only time I've ever seen anybody wear like long sleeve like cotton ass pajamas is in movies. Wouldn't you? I mean. Like, wouldn't you sweat your balls off night after night sleeping in that? You would think. We all know I'm a silk pajama man, fans. That's well documented. But it didn't cotton things. I, I th- and then he put a robe on top of it? And I can understand wearing pajamas in the Midwest in the winter when it's cold. But this is sunny-ass Los Angeles. It ain't cold outside at all. But see, like, I'm in the Midwest. If I'm going to wear a big-ass heavy robe... I'm not going to have a shirt or something underneath it, let alone cotton pajamas. <laughs> long sleeve business pajamas. Yeah, I don't understand that. That wouldn't even be comfortable. I think now it's it's common for people to just sleep in their underwear. Do you, now, do you think back in the day people really slept in their underwear? Or like you think it was like these movies where everybody had formal pajamas that they wore to bed? Well, it's a hard saying. I don't, uh, I don't know. I was always, you know, in the winter, why I'm sharing this fans, I don't know. In the winter, I'm in silk pajamas. But, yeah, in the summer, I'm just in underwear. Yeah. I remember uh, when it was really cold in the winter, sometimes I would sleep with a hooded sweatshirt on. (laughs) Yeah, I never got that bad. It's pretty comfortable. I know that I do do wear the tukey beanie in the winter, though, if it gets really, really cold. Yeah. I have a couple good tukey. Uh, beanies, uh, some of them are even Miami Heat Tukey beanies, so I can rock that shit in style when it's cold. I got one complaint here with this old fat bastard. Why is he running around looking to you know for the criminals when he's got that pretty nice looking piece of ass who's about ninety five steps out of his league, sitting at home, yet he's watching Harry Krishna's. Well, another thing too is his his girlfriend Jill Ireland in this movie. She has her own apartment. But occasionally she stops by or stays over his place. Now keep in mind, this is the same apartment where the Tufts broke in, raped and killed his uh, maid, and then kidnapped. Like, I, if I was him, I would, uh, I would uh, tell the girlfriend to never come back here ever again. Because if you're not, even if you are home, he couldn't stop shit from happening. Apparently, but um, but think about this now too. They they stole his wallet, so they knew where he lived. On your driver's license, there's a picture. They knocked him out. They they know him, yet no one recognizes him when they see him because he's wearing his tukey hat. <laughs> I think it's I think it's more just like they're not looking for him in the sleazy environment because there's nothing but sleazy characters hanging around. He kind of blends in. He looks kind of sleazy. I mean, yeah. granted, he's wearing dress pants with that petticoat, but still. Yeah. Yeah, with the petticoat and the tukey, he kind of does have an old sailor look, don't you think? He does. Yeah. Maybe, maybe look at that, think... you know there's some bad people there. They're going in places clearly marked keep out. Yeah. Now let's let's take a second to talk about Charles Bronson's mustache because it's not really an action hero's mustache. I don't think. It's... It's not a good mustache, I'm sorry. It's almost like a pencil-thin half a handlebar. Yeah, like, not only is it thin, but on the edges, the corners of his mouth, like, it bends down. It's kind of strange. Makes him look greasier. Yeah, it does. Is this, like, an old cinema that they're in? 
It looks like it, but I, it, it, it said on the outside it was an old hotel. So. It almost looked like a movie theater, though. Like that was like leading you up to the balcony. Yeah, it did. It did look like the, uh, and even here it looks like the uh, how you go upstairs and all that. Yeah. You mean to tell me nobody could hear him coming down? Like them floorboards ain't squeaking like a motherfucker. Yeah, really. Well, he does knock over a can of Diet Pepsi here. I think. Yeah. I have to say, you it's, know, it's uh, Coke. I do believe right there. Either Coke or heroin. I'm not sure. Heron. Heron. I have to, I have to say here, uh, he lets some of the the criminals go, which I, I kind of wish it was more like the first movie where he just shot everybody, any criminal that he saw. You know what I mean? My logic is he's letting witnesses go, not that, you know, to, hey, we was making a drug deal and this <laughs> yeah. guy busted in. I yeah. mean, <clears throat> does this guy I just notice, is he wearing galoshes? Yeah, I th- he's just really weird skullet man here. And, and what's weird is Scarlet Man was so evil and devilish before, like, when he was raping. He was really, like, eerie. Like, he, he keep in mind, people haven't seen the movie, he also shaved off his eyebrows. That's how weird-looking he is. But here... That's the one line I like when he says, you like Jesus? Because you're going to be meeting him soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Scarlet got really weirdly sensitive there for a second when he thought he was going to die, didn't he? He, he, he was, like, mm-hmm. batting his eyelashes at Charles Bronson, pretending to be so demure... <laughs> And innocent, even though he'd been raping the shit out of Bronson's family. Well, see, he might not have put two and two together, though. He might have been like, what did I do to you, your daughter? Technically, his he didn't kill Bronson's daughter. That She jumped out the window. I, I witnessed that. Yeah, but he... I the, got footage. He ra- First of all, how many rapings in a day can these guys commit? Because they raped the maid, and an hour later, they're raping the daughter. I mean, these guys... Like, in the course of a month, how many people would they rape? In the hundreds, probably? Uh, I'm telling you. Charles Bronson lived in a party neighborhood. Yeah, and, and this is why I thought he was living... Because there's always people parking on his lawn. Yeah, this is why, I, you know, you can't really tell the way... Because he lives on the corner, so you can't tell... You can't see the whole building. Like, I thought he lived in a house, but that's got to be an apartment if people are partying on the bottom of your steps, right? Something. Maybe he's the landlord. And hey, it, boy, oh, you better keep it quiet. I'm the architect. I built this place. <laughs> I can build it in steel, cardboard, wood. <laughs> yeah. Legos. <laughs> I got 19 slides, all different colors. And I have to say, th- this scene kind of, like, took me by surprise. Where Bronson, after killing, like, some people, like I said, he's... You know, his girlfriend calls him on the phone. He's just so casual, like, yeah, I don't really, yeah, whatever, you know. I mean, I don't, you know, because Charles Bronson is a legendary actor and whatnot. I don't know, I really don't know if this is bad acting. Like, he just didn't give a shit while they were filming. He was just doing it for the money. Or his character was that cold that he could murder people and then come home and eat cereal for dinner. He's a fat ass, that's why he's eating. But I don't know if I would call him so much... Cole, I mean, like, if, if he was heartless, he probably wouldn't have done this in the first place. Right. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Some uh, homeless lady dancing. And then there's, like, a fake cowboy outside the movie theater. Any which way you can. That's Clint Eastwood, baby. Clyde the monkey. Got That's that right. Blu-ray double feature. of Any which way you can and any which way but loose. The double feature, the player's choice, if you will. 
The player's choice. Speaking of the player's my choice. Son likes, my son likes those movies. He likes Clyde. Does he? Yeah. Who doesn't like Clyde? It's good to that see. chick's kind of something about her that's attractive. Well, she's a punker, and you, you like punk rock, so. That's true. And tramps. You like tramps, too. Wow. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Tramp stamps. I have to say. Bitch, tramp. Four dollars Skype session. Sunny, there's your <laughs> weekly plug. Hey, leave Sunny alone. She's going through a hard time. She got another DUI in the Walmart parking lot. I give her credit. At least she gets a job. Yeah, she's consistent. She ain't just going to sit. I mean, she is going to sit on her ass, but she's going to sit on her ass and let you see her naked on Skype. So it's kind of like a job. It's like she's getting paid. And plus, I bet all these wrestling shows she goes to. I bet she gets free admission. Oh yeah, and as you know, free admission's better than getting paid. Oh, fuck yeah. Yep, he's got to check his gun, make sure you know, no one stole a bullet. Doesn't this frizzy-haired guy playing the shooting arcade game look like that, that frizzy-haired guy that used to do the painting shows on, like, PBS yeah, and all that? Yeah, PBS. Yeah, what was that guy's name, Bob Ross or something like that? Something like that. Also That's... kind of looked like Wolfman Jack. It did. I like how... Um... You know, they really paint this picture of L.A. that you know, every little alleyway, like, there's always a doorway you can walk into. That There's always going to be, like, bums littered around everywhere, but you can always find some criminals everywhere. There's only one thing that's really disappointing me. Hmm. It proves that L.A. is a filth hole. No offense, because I don't see no wet streets. That is true. You know, we always point out the wet streets, but they're dry here. Do you think it was just not the money was there, or do you think they wanted to show how dirty it was? Is every person in this town a rapist? Well, yeah, we have kind of half of the gang here that Bronson's tracking down, and a couple new guys who are joining in the race, too. And they have a, um, what would you call the, the husband here? He's like a plaid golf suit-wearing guy with a kind of hot wife that they just wanted to he- rape in this parking garage. He kind of looks like Maury without the wig, you know, from Goodfellas. Yeah, he does. Bronson's kind of a shitty shot here. You can shoot the guys in the back, but the guys running by, he couldn't hit anything. Mm-mm. You know, Bronson another... Should just eat. Oh, go ahead. You know, another thing is, like, this film, the pace does not, st- like, let up for a second. This is more pace, more relentlessly than I would say even Jurassic World was. You just got to like a guy who takes a human shield and she's topless. Yeah, I was going to say that was a little bit of extra sleaze right there. You know, human shield and you got to make sure the lady's boobs are jiggling everywhere. And he shot that guy in the ass. Yeah. Bronson's kind of re-upping here. He takes one of the dead guy's guns so he can have a backup piece. So he, oh. How hard can See, it proves how old he is and out of shape. Couldn't catch up to a guy with a Shot in the ass. Both. Yeah, both. <laughs> but he did, he was the first, I think this movie was the first one to show, you know, after he follows that blood trail all the way, it shows that if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, that's a good point. Did you notice that two cop cars drove past the two running, the one guy bleeding and the other guy packing heat and the cops drove past them? <laughs> well, they really show, they really show the cops as like being worthless. I'm checking right now. Is there any clean parts of it? Not really. Even even the fancy, like, rich people parts, they'll still have, like, broken concrete and shit. Like, I would say 
4% of LA is a shithole. It really is. Okay. I blame Sharknados. It could be that. It, it, it could be also the fact that it's just... I don't know, it's a corrupt-ass city. The, the, the city never that. spends the money that it collects. I blame LeBron James. I kind of blame him, too. Fuck LeBron James. He makes a fine Sprite, though, baby. <laughs> That's about it. I bet he didn't even make that Sprite. You know, you know who? I bet James Harden made that Sprite, and then the deal fell through the last second, and then they had to throw LeBron's name on it. Maybe for all we know, Bird made it. Well, we know he knows how to eat a good steak, but does he know how to produce a good soft drink beverage? Does he know how to cook the steak? Oh, you you did a DJ remix right there, cousin. I just heard, uh, 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 uh. Are you using the Wi-Fi? I'm not disdown. Does Bird know how to cook a steak? I don't know. We know he knows it. We'll have to get him on the line sometime. Speaking of tasty beverages, cousin, what are you drinking right now? I'm drinking my raspberry sparkling water. Right now, I got some Sunny Select Key Lime Fruit Fizz. That sparkling water flavored like fruit is good. Do you ever get the LaCroix brand water at the Target? Not at the Target, but there there was one grocery store where I was stocking up on it. It's good. I can't remember the flavor, but I like the one that comes in the pink 12-pack. Oh, that's the, the some kind of passion fruit or passion berry or something. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Some kind of berry flavor. It's good. I like their orange a lot. I can't remember if I had their... I, I have had orange, I think, from... Oh, I can't even remember the name. But this is a funny scene. You know, Bronson found the guy in the warehouse and killed him. The cops now are treating shitty the rape victim lady and her husband who got shot in the leg... They're sticking up for Bronson, calling him a hero, and the cops are just standing there. These people, the only reason, A, they're both alive, and B, this lady didn't get fully raped was Charles Bronson. The cops are standing there telling these people that he's just a complete piece of shit. And, like, fuck this man. You got a woman here showing off her titties. I mean, it's very easy to say she was asking to be raped. She's walking around nude. Well, now, after she had all her, her clothes ripped off by the rapist... The cops are inept. They didn't figure that out. No, the cops are dumb as fuck. But, I mean, doesn't that take cops some... Cops are dumb in these movies. Doesn't that take some balls if the cops show up afterwards, like an hour afterwards, and they have the nerve to tell you that the guy who saved your... Not only saved your life, but saved your wife from getting raped, is a complete piece of shit and was wrong? Like, it, Yeah, that makes no sense. Fucking piece of shit, cops. That's terrible. They're probably just embarrassed that some fat senior citizen did their job for him. Yeah. Here we have a cameo by... Well, he's got to be in his upper 50s in this movie at the least. Oh, at least. And this was before movie stars were having plastic (laughs) surgery and shit, too, so they were aging quick. But I want to point out here, we have a cameo from uh, Tony Franciosa as, I guess, the mayor. He's the main guy from Tenebrae. Really? Yeah. Well, he's, he's the only a, Giallo film I like. Same here. I I can't remember if Tenebrae's 80s or if it was late 70s. I think it might be 80s. Like 81 or something. Here we have... Came after Sperry and all those. Yeah. Here we have Vincent Gardenia reprising his role. Showing that this is a true sequel, this film. Reprising his role... 
as uh, the cop who let Bronson go, you know, in, in the other city. I can't remember. Uh, uh, I think the first one took place in um, New York, and then Bronson moved to uh, L.A. But they talk about, like, a brief uh, layover in Chicago or something like that. Let's see. We're going to have to do a little bit of math here. Now, I know these first two are based on the books, Death Wish and Death Sentence, but I think right. this one differentiated. Death Sentence is a good movie, too, but that's 2000s. Yeah, that was loosely based on the, uh, you know, the, the book series that this film was based on. Let's see. Let's say this movie what was... What kind of research are you doing here? I'm trying to figure out Bronson's age when he made this movie. 67. Wee, he was 60. I knew he was an old piece of shit. But you gotta admit, for a 60-year-old man to kill a bunch of 20-year-old street punks, he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's doing okay. I, I just, I think my thing with him is I don't have nothing against him. I've got Charles Bronson shirt, but I don't get the fascination that everybody has with him. And I think it's my thing is, it's not people that are our age or older that grew up with him that have a fascination with him is teenagers and people in their 20s that have a fascination with him. What are the ones that were born about the time he died? Well, to be fair, maybe they're, you know, I, I can't blame them. Maybe they're, uh, you know, maybe they like a old beat up guy being an action hero more than they like some young shirtless uh, model guy like Channing Tatum and White House Down. Okay, this part was this a big ass house that motherfucker had to had to cover. It was Bron this this scene is really <laughs> weird where Bronson uh, stares at the uh, the wino there. That went on forever. That was strange. I think he wanted a drink. <laughs> he wanted some of the shit the guy was drinking. I have to say, this is like a filthy restaurant. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to eat there at all. I wonder, like, you see this a lot in movies where like, people just go for a quick lunch. It's always like a dirty restaurant. Were all restaurants dirty back then? They must have been. Everybody smoked everywhere they went. That is true, and that will dirty a place up. And every, every police station, if you notice, they all look the same. Yeah. Now, the lead shit heel L.A. cop in here he kind of reminds me of an older wimpier version of patrick kilpatrick if you know who i'm talking about yeah i do i was gonna say james con james con yeah shittier james con james con and patrick kilpatrick had butt sex and had a baby it'd be this guy it'd be this dude right here yeah vincent gardenia he's just your typical old school new york uh italian guy say so. yeah plays the fat guinea in every movie very stereotype yeah. Now, Jill Ireland. I'm telling you, though, this is Jill Ireland's nice looking lady. She is. And not only that, could you imagine a 60 year old Charles Bronson marrying this woman? It's crazy. I know. How old is she, though, in this movie? I mean, I mean, we're putting her off like she's in her 20s. She's probably in her upper 40s, early 50s here. Oh, I don't know about 50s. I bet she was much I gotta, younger. I think I put 44, 45, maybe. <laughs> Let's see. Well, she was only 54 when she died, so... Oh, really? Yeah, and that was later. Let's do some ooey math. Old Jill Ireland was 45 when she made this movie. 
Hey, you know who I want to have some sex with? <laughs> who? Tell me, because I'm sure our listeners would, are dying to know that okay, piece remember, of information. You remember the movie? You remember the movie? Bad teacher. Is that with the Cameron one? Diaz. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, not. I don't want to have sex with Cameron Diaz. I always thought she was gross looking. But the weird teacher in there, Miss Squirrel, the one that was her rival. Hmm. I don't remember who I don't played know. that. I want to have sex with her, and I also wouldn't mind having some sex with that girl from the Big Bang Theory. Okay, which one? Because there's a couple different. The nerdy not Kelly, one? Not Kelly Kukio, the nerdy one. Yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. But the other, the short, hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. Did you see Ashley Gold lately? Lost all that weight, looking pretty hot. <laughs> I think I'm serious. I think you say that on uh, every podcast we do. Oh, you're talking about from from. You're talking about um, Lucy Punch from Bad Teacher. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Is that a real name? Yeah, that's what I'd have some sex with. Yeah, she has, she has an interesting face. All right, I'm gonna get, just so we can get this out of the way, so we don't have to bring this up on any more uh, podcasts. I'm gonna Google me put me in sex. Ashley Gold weight loss. Let's see. Wow, this is shocking how much weight she lost. Mm-hmm. I bet you're more attracted to her now too. I heard you. Um. I don't know. It's hard. I got. I have to click on the individual pictures because some of the ones that are coming up are Ashley Gold. Some of them are Ashley Green from Twilight, who's a much better looking woman. But uh, let's see. I'm seeing Seth Gold. Looks like he got uh, married. Meanwhile, while he's doing that, I'll tell you. Yeah. We lost you there for a second, Bird. You want to have sex with him? No, I'm saying he got married and he's Uh, kissing a guy. What? It's weird. You keep breaking up, cousin. You're breaking up, too. I think I need to stop Googling so much. (laughs) I think it's killing my bandwidth here. All right, let's get back to Charles Bronson and Death Wish 2. Talking shit about Vincent Gardenia. Back to business. But no, I think what he's trying to do is, come on, I'm hungry. Let's go get some spaghetti. He's got his jacket off, and you can see down the front of his shirt. He's he, this man is yeah, very. He took his belt off. Let that gut hang over. <laughs> There's no gut. You're so full of shit. That's Homer Simpson. You're I'm looking at. You're full of shit. The ugly tie. Hated '80s ties where they just had that flat cut at the bottom. Right. This is a good romantic Have, you scene. You know though. the tie I had to wear to work the other day? Play music. <laughs> really? What, what song yeah, did it play? It's a Charlie Brown tie. When you hit the center of it, it goes dun 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 Is it required that you wear a tie every day to work? No. If I have to go to the certain hospitals I have to go to for meetings, the hospitals have dress codes where you have to wear like shirts and ties and that. So if I go to anyone's like that. Then yeah, I have to wear them. So, but it doesn't have to be a super fancy one. Like you can wear Charlie Brown. 
Yeah, I, well, I like Charlie Brown. Yeah. Who doesn't like Charlie Brown? Charles Bronson. Well, it's because he has no heart. Doesn't feel sorry for some poor little fat alopecia kid. Yeah. Re- K-A-B-C. They really play Vincent Gardini up as just a cha- you know cigar chain smoking coughing nasty old detective. You know what I mean? I know. Just just fat, greasy, out of breath. It's like I feel like in past society, like like it was acceptable and okay for a, a man past, I'd say probably forty five, to be just a greasy cigar chomping. You don't really see that anymore of like people our age. You know what I mean? No. Now I give Bronson credit that he's always looking when he's not, you know, in disguise with his tukey. He's always, you know, in a suit tie. He's always very well, well groomed, well dressed. His hair a little out of place, but still. Yeah, let's talk about the evolution of Bronson. This is kind of when he first started. I don't know what you would call his haircut, but he kind of started that. It's not long. It's not shaggy. I mean, he had very thick, full hair, but uh, I don't know what you would call that hairdo. It's almost like a Star Wars hairdo, but with a part in it. It's kind of like a mullet in a bowl. Yeah. It just shows you what it was. Who, who, excuse me, who tails somebody? With the headlights on. <laughs> that is true. And it wasn't like cars now where they automatically come on, you know what I mean? Yeah, see, my my my, uh, my SUV, the lights don't automatically pop on. My wife's car, they automatically do, so I get confused sometimes. I love this part where the guy just roller skates backwards around Charles Bronson, <laughs> and he just totally doesn't give a shit. Mm-mm. They graffiti everywhere he goes. I know. They really, did, you know, wanted to show the scummy ass Los Angeles in this. Why is he getting on a bus when he has a car? Well, I think at this point he realized the cops were on him because uh, Gardenia was, um, you know, before he was just driving his car into the ghetto. But um, now after his girlfriend said Gardenia was on his trail, he's... he's you know, being a little more careful to trace his steps or whatnot. Plus, Gardena don't strike me as the most stealth. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Probably hears fat ass wheezing a block away. Well, he parked his car. <laughs> he saw Bronson get on a bus. <coughs> and then instead of just driving after him, he went and, and like commandeered some lady's car in the middle of the street to go chase Bronson some more. And now he's just standing in plain view, everyone with binoculars. Yeah. That doesn't look suspect at all. Mm-mm. I love that Bronson's Flophouse motel room there has just like a dirty-ass sheet over the window. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like how he's packing two guns now. He got John Woo. Maybe John yeah. Woo was inspired by this. That's actually a good possibility. This was a worldwide hit. And now here's the thing. This movie is probably better than most movies I've seen in the last few years all kidding aside as far as yeah. like an action kind of movie goes 9 million dollar budget for this movie yeah I think believe the budget on this was 9 million I thought it was like 2 <laughs> from what I read I thought it was 9 it probably, I would assume the majority of it was the filming in Los Angeles yeah well Bronson too because as you'll see pretty soon when you get the Boogaloo documentary, I've seen a clip where they said all the can of money went to the two Chucks, Charles Bronson and right. Chuck Norris. <laughs> they had a pile for each one. Yeah. This is actually a cool yeah, little I'm cap. I'm to watch that. I, uh, I uh, 
ordered that there. It's September 29th is when it comes out. Yeah, I want to see it. Now, what do you think about Larry Fishburne's dance moves here? Like, just in plain view, he's really putting on a Michael Jackson-esque dance show, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I got a feeling Larry Fishburne might be high right here. Yeah, he did look pretty fucked up. I mean, he was smoking weed in the movie, but you never know if it's real or not. I bet this being a canon film, they let him smoke real weed, don't you think? Yeah, you know, it's funny thing. Fishburne, when he made this, now catch me if I'm wrong, he didn't do jack shit again, really, till, what, Boys in the Hood? Mm, yeah, it was a while. I mean, <clears throat> I mean I know- he probably popped up in a bunch of shit, but, I mean, he didn't really get noticed until that film. Uh, I, I know he like lied about his age to be on Apocalypse Now. He told him that he told them that he was like eighteen or nineteen. He was really fifteen, and he went to the fucking <laughs> Philippines. It was in that movie. So I mean, and this isn't too far after Apocalypse Now. So he he looks like an old ass man in this movie. Fishburne does He's probably seventeen or eighteen. Exactly. He could even still be underage in this movie. But you know, I mean, like back then they weren't. You know, if if you showed up to a greasy ass low budget casting audition i don't think they were checking your id back then the way they probably do now you know what i mean you know the fishburne movie i like that no one talks about mm. and that's a deep cover with him and jeff goldblum i really think that's a good movie it's a good movie i just think you know at the time they came out nobody thought anything of it but you know once goldblum became what do you i don't know what you call it like a joke you know what i mean then Pretty i think much, yeah. yeah i think people stopped taking the movie seriously that is a good movie Unfortunately, I believe that was 91 or 92. Yeah, it was. The The, the soundtrack had the debut of Snoop Dogg. Oh, it's, I watched it. was on, uh, I mean, I have the DVD, but it was actually on cable the other day I watched it. It's a, it's a good movie. Then uh, Yeah, I watched like the last 10 minutes of it on cable the other day. Fishburne kind of disappeared again after that and then yeah. did The Matrix, and that's... Well, I think the next big thing after this, in in terms of like whatever was, uh, remember he was he played the what I don't know what you call it. I guess the orderly in Dream Warriors, which was like five years after this. Yeah. Yeah. And then what? Then once he uh, again always playing older. Like I bet he probably like real life age wise, he probably wasn't even old enough to really play the dad in Boys in the Hood. But you know. He's grizzled looking. Tough yeah, life. I give him credit. I mean, for this little role that has like two lines in Death Wish, mostly just a shucking and driving type role. I mean, he, he, he puts a lot of character on screen. Like, not that you like his character because he's just like an ugly ass rapist guy. But uh, it looks like he's having fun with it, so to speak. Yeah, like I, he doesn't seem like an actor either. He just seems like a guy that they got off of the street that's really legitimately crazy, you know? Yeah. He's a character actor. He's the black Bobby De Niro. I'll go ahead and agree with that. De Niro probably would have been out raping to prepare for this movie. <laughs> you think so? To get into the... Oh, that guy goes all out. <laughs> he goes all out for his roles. I thought this was pretty cool, this whole bus thing. Uh, Bronson's hiding out on the back of the bus while they're like all dancing around, riding to the, the park or whatever. I like that they, you know, what could have been a car chase... They just had on the back of a bus. He just was sitting there reading a paper. <laughs> they ran out of money. They couldn't afford the car. Yeah. Now, do you think that was Bronson that really jumped the fence there? Yeah, maybe it's not that high of a fence. Yeah. But, I mean, he's 60 years old. He's kind of fat to be hopping fences. Now, you want to talk about fat. Vincent Gardini is fat. Oh, 
It's like she, seeing that cab making me think of that great eighties movie DC Cab. Yeah. Let's see. I love that movie. I got that movie. I have it too on its way in the mail from Germany. I got the notice today. It shipped out from Germany. Yeah, that's a, is it a steel book? No, it, it's it's actually a cheap ass four pack with four movies on one Blu-ray. But um, it's called the uh, Cult Box Der Adier. <laughs> <laughs> it features Private School, DC Good Cab, Good yeah, movie, and then Pure Luck with. Martin Short and Danny Glover, which I've never seen. That's not a good movie. And then even though this is supposed to be an 80s box set, it features Cool as Ice, which was made in the 90s. That's got the Blu-ray of Cool as Ice? Yes, cousin. Oh, I've got the DVD. i got the limited one that came with the soundtrack. you got to let me know how that Blu-ray looked. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I, see, the, the whole reason I ordered this was I really wanted the DVD of Private School. But for some reason, I don't know why, like... I couldn't find the private school DVD cheaper than 10 bucks, so I was like, well, for 12 I'll just get the Blu-ray from Germany. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully it looks okay. Because I watched private school. I, like, I watched it off HBO Go. It looked good on HD there, which made me want the blue. I know my DC cab Blu-ray or DVD looks just kind of like when DVD first came out kind of thing. Yeah, it looks like they took it off a of Laserdisc. I do believe it's Mr. T on the box cover. It is, like... The little four-pack box here has Mr. T on the cover. I should have DC Cab, Cool as Ice, and Private School in my uh, possession somewhere in between Tuesday, September 8th, and Tuesday, September 15th. So, Yeah, I just ordered some jewelry from uh, China. Because mm-hmm. if you order it direct from China, it's actually a lot cheaper. You pay some shipping, but it's cheaper. Mine will arrive between September 1st and September 29th. <laughs> Well, at least it's a very tight time frame. Well, that's why then if you get it like on the 10th of September, it's like, wow, this company ships early. Exactly. Here we have the big action climax of the movie. It all started off when there was actually a guy just hiding in a tree with a sniper rifle that spotted Bronson. What did you think of that? I'm trying to figure out why they had a sniper there for this deal. Maybe they was going to take fish run out after he paid the money or something. That could be. Well, who's that fat old bastard there? He was the guy selling them the guns. Fishburne got a great death right there, though. He got a bullet that went through a um, in the face that went through a boombox first. I like that. Well, what kind of jackass thinks a boombox is going to be a shield? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy, old. You can't shoot a guy from the back, but when they're standing still, he can plug him. Exactly. Uh, that's that's a great car off a cliff shot, I have to admit. It is. And it blew up. Every yeah. car blows up when it goes off a cliff in a movie, unless you're Dominic Toretto, and then you drive your car backwards off a mountain, and you're fine. Yeah. I gotta say, you know, the the last shaggy-haired guy in the gang runs away, and he gets away because Bronson wants to talk to... Uh, they always want to talk to people who are dying of gun wounds. To, you know what I mean? Like, just let the guy die. There's no help in him. Even if the ambulance got right there, right then, he would die anyway. He's Yeah, he's... You know, maybe for Halloween I could be Charles Bronson. Could you get a Tukey hat? Yeah, get a Tukey. I already got a suit. I just eat some pasta for the next like month. I'd be good. Could you grow that little mustache though? I think that's the hard part. I, I plan on cutting mine into the Batman mustache. Oh, okay. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Google the Batman mustache. 
I would, but then our podcast will start dropping out again, I think. We'll look, we'll look at that. We're going to save that for off the air fans. If you meanwhile want to know, Google Batman, Batman mustache. mustache. I might do that for moving. I'm not going to do that for moving, but I don't, I don't like to follow the sheep. No. Now, there was a, I mean, granted, this was a colossal shootout, but it was in an empty, abandoned park. How did the cops know exactly where to get there, too? I think it's how these cops show up so fast after everything's already happened. Yeah. That's what I mean. And I like that the asshole kill Patrick looking cop, like, this guy's dying of gunshot gunshot wounds, the the gang guy there. And, like, instead of getting him treatment, they're all poking him and grabbing his bullet wounds and shit. Just proves that L.A. cops were racist even back then. Exactly. Don't move, boy. He's pushing. He's shot in the balls. I think this one just got it in the stomach. Oh, and, and this cop keeps pushing. I like how he's wearing that, like, studded choker. Yeah, it's really weird. Like a dog collar almost. Yeah, see, these cops don't like it. Now, would you say he was the leader of the gang? Kind of. Or the shaggy-haired guy. Yeah. Who the shaggy? See, look at look at Boyo. I even got a door that can be steel, but the building can be wood. Yeah. And that's it for you and change the color. That's what he tells his boss. He says, <laughs> "He says your wife look at the plans. She wants a fancy doorway, but I can build the build the actual rest of the building cheap as hell." <laughs> yeah. See, we'll just make the building out of wood, Abe. We'll make the door cardboard. Oh, yeah. And what's weird is this office building for a TV station, it had, like, log cabin ceilings in there. Did you notice that? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, our office buildings, like, you know, just have, like, that shitty ceiling, like this room right here. Yeah, mine just has that that regular old, you know, what do you want to even call it, like a padded out ceiling yeah where it's just like panels where if you had a stick you could push the panel up and see up into the roof kind of you know what i mean yeah with the same lights that they don't always work i like how boyo here he gets uh from the you know the the news station they have police scanners so they can run to where the news is they give him an old shitty one how come Boyo, you know, with his hunt down for criminals and whatnot, how, how come he didn't go buy one of these? Yeah, he, well, he he didn't really, uh, he must be cheap. He didn't fund his, uh, <laughs> you know, at least later in the movies, I believe it was part five. I think he had a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. That was when he was going after the crack houses. Hey, this thing's dirty. I better clean it, eh? Yeah, it's like, um, it's weird too, because like, when it, there's sometimes where he's in this hotel room, he don't want to touch anything, like unless he has a hanky on his hand, I guess not to leave fingerprints, which is understandable, but then there's other times where he's just like touching everything, it's weird. But do you really think, see, here's what doesn't make any sense, like my grandparents had a police scanner, because I remember a lot of people bought them back when they came out. Yeah, it's a big fan. He's got, looks an awful lot like an AM radio. <laughs> Well, let's, let's let's make no mistake. This is a canon classic. It, yeah, my thing with the yeah, why canon? Why did they go out of business? I mean, they were what movie broke them? Was it Superman four? 
No, it wasn't Superman 4 because Superman 4 lost most of its budget like while they were making it because they were already broke. From what I understand, it was mostly the Toby Hooper movies as well as they were making too many movies. You know what I mean? Like, just spending out too much. For a while, they were putting out a ton. Yeah, I think like there were some points where they were putting out like a dozen movies a year. And you see, that's and their movies were good. I remember the majority. I mean, I haven't. I don't think I've seen them all by any means. But I, let's say out of the, we'll say fifty I've seen, I probably yeah. liked forty out of those fifty. I mean, they, they had a good track record. Yeah, I think. Um, I think what happened was like because they start out like one of their first movies is a movie I liked a lot called. Um, New Year's Evil that was made for like 600 grand so I think they were like making a lot of movies cheap and then they said they would sell off the uh, you know the release rights early and make their money back which I think that only works if you keep the movies like under a million dollars once they start making 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 million dollars you know like you can make money selling it off to all the foreign countries, but then you have to have people actually show up at the box office to make the rest of your budget back. And I think that was the problem. You know what I mean? Maybe all those ninja movies that I'm not yeah. a big fan of. Yeah, ninja. I'm not a Chuck Norris fan, but I know they made all of his. I really like Invasion USA, and I'm not a Chuck Norris fan either, but I like that movie. They did over the top with Stallone. I know. I think they did Cobra too, from what I remember. They might have. I know over the top they paid Stallone like something crazy at the time, like twelve million. Now, what do you think of this large-chested woman naked on the floor listening to the radio? That was a weird touch, didn't you think? I think they needed a longer shot of her. Yeah, that was like looks like he's fucking Amish mafia here. (laughs) He does look like Amish mafia. He looks like he's he's (laughs) going to go. With Lebanon, what's his name? Lebanon Levi or whatever. <laughs> he's like beyond. He's wired on something. Yeah, like they don't really explain it, but he because those chicks were all drugged out. He's got to be drugged out too because he beats the shit out of about seventeen cops here. Yeah, here's what makes no sense. Why don't any of them shoot him? Yeah. Well, another thing too is when Bronson, you know, because like basically they found this guy and the cops were going to do like a hostage siege surround the building. Bronson went in on the roof. The cops on the stakeout saw him, but then nobody was chasing, trying to find him. I guess just because yeah. that guy whipped everybody's ass, they were too preoccupied. I'm sorry. If I was going to clean a wound, it wouldn't be in that flop hole. <laughs> well, another thing, too, is Bronson got a huge cut on his arm from, from that guy. And now he's going to go try to have dinner like with his girlfriend or whatever. And, I mean... A really bad gash, like you would have to clean it underwater, you'd have to wrap it all up. He just thinks wrapping a hanky around it is going to stop it from running all down his suit and arm. Well, and he probably needs stitches. You're, yeah. I've had stitches. They, they suck. I've actually never had stitches. They suck. Actually, though, they give you so much painful injections into the wound beforehand, yeah. you really don't know that you're being stitched. But the yeah. shot that you get to numb you, yeah, you feel that. What body part did you have stitched up? Uh, my thumb and then uh, up the backside of one of my arms. Yeah. Like, what happens, like, they put the stitches in, and then what happens weeks later? They cut them out and pull them out? No, they're just, dis- well, the one on my, the back was stapled, so it's actually dissolved. The My thumb that I had stitches, when I, it was weird, because when I went in to actually have the stitches removed, they had already fallen out on their own. <laughs> Yeah. 
Because actually the only stitches I ever had was when I had my wisdom teeth cut out when I was like 16. But because those were oral, they said they would uh, dissolve eventually. See, and you know, and, and my wisdom teeth when they were pulled, I did not get them stitched. Really? That's weird. No, I, I've never had a tooth stitched. I just had the, uh, they put that cauterizer in them and then they put the cotton pack. I get the cotton pack, you know, changed it a couple times. And mm-hmm. That's it. That's weird. Yeah, I had the cotton in my mouth for like the first day or so, and that was horrible, feeling cotton in your mouth, like dries your mouth out. Oh, see, I only have to, they told me to only leave it in for 20 minutes. Yeah, I think mine was just to stop the bleeding, but I, my mouth was bleeding for a long time. I think like... Oh, yeah. I bleeds. And the next day, I'm still spitting up blood. Yeah, because mine was a little different. They wanted to cut mine out early, so they actually had to cut through the gum to get to it. So I think that's why mine bled so much. Yeah, see, mine just were... You know, I mean, they had to drill them down and break them into the four parts and then just pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Uh, I, uh... That's the only it's time... It's unpleasant that... Yeah, like, that was the only time, um, they actually put me to sleep, so I was, like, half asleep. Like, I could kind of hear the music of the office, but it was weird. It was, like, an out-of-body experience. Now, what do you think, Bronson, you know, his, um... Yeah, I just get the the shots, you know, to numb up, and then, yeah. What do you think of Bronson here, you know, his crime spree is over, and, like, he really has to lie to his girlfriend. Like, he's now he's trying to romance her. And he wants her to take him to a mental hospital where, surprise, surprise, the last remaining gang victim, I mean, gang member is uh, being, you know, held hostage or whatever. Well, I think his girlfriend's a dumb bitch. Didn't she wonder where he was every night? Wouldn't she assume that he was, like, fucking someone else? Well, he kept saying he didn't want to answer the phones because um, the the reporters were hounding him about his raped, uh, you know, maid and daughter. So yeah, but if she went there, there was never anyone in front of his house. That is true. See, she's just a dumb bitch. And she worked for a, a news station. You think she would know that nobody was really trying to report on the story anymore? You know. Well, plus there'd be reports of the vigilante that fits her boyfriend's description. Exactly. Well, then again, he had on the Tukey, so they might <laughs> yeah. not have known. <laughs> to be fair, nobody ever did put out a sketch, like a shitty drawing of him at this point. Yeah, because I'd be like, if he saved my life, I'd give like some phony sketch. I'd be like, it was a mass Puerto Rican. That's pretty much what the half black, half Mexican wearing a ski mask. That's pretty much what those one people that he saved said to the cops who are like, we need to catch this guy. He's worked like they even told him, like, we don't care about the rapist. We just want to catch him. Yeah. Fuck you. He saved our lives. Now, this is an elaborate scheme that um, Bronson did here. He stole like the little ID badge of a doctor or whoever. He wipes it all out. Then makes like blank copies, so then he can make his own badge. How come he just didn't put his picture over that guy's picture? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really get that. Yeah, this is weird. And he makes multiple copies. Now here is actually interesting. This is the, I think this is the Yamahiro restaurant that I read the address off for before, but um. He comes and he has a nice lunch with his girlfriend, who, by the way, Jill Ireland looking good in this scene. I like that outfit she got. Oh, I think she's I think she's a good looking lady. Yeah. Now he proposes to her, but again, like I said, his acting style in this movie, he's really just like, well, I was thinking that maybe we could get married, 
when you get out of work on Friday, we could take a plane and get married on Saturday. Like, that's how he says it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can even design the house we're going to live in. Look, I made five drawings. Here it is in cardboard. Here it is in wood. Here's a log cabin. <laughs> it gets to the point where he's just doing drawings. He's like, here's a drawing in crayon. Here's a drawing in pencil. <laughs> here's a drawing in magic marker. It's like, how will this translate to the final building? Well, I just figure if I put it in different... <laughs> Have you ever wondered what your bedroom would look like in finger paint? <laughs> okay. And of course, he's got his fucked up arm. He starts saying that the champagne costs $3 a drop. <laughs> that's, that's a great dialogue. I mean, that shows that these movies did have real scripts. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, too, and like I've been saying, these, these movies are better than most of the movies that come out nowadays. And the movies that come out today cost you know a hundred million dollars yeah yeah i actually really and maybe maybe we can start the groundswell of this i actually am preliminary in the stages of uh maybe drawing up a business plan and maybe doing a kickstarter to try to start a new version of canon films to make these type of films and i'm hoping that you know our program here will get the fans excited and you know like I'm hoping basically we can create a wave of 80s nostalgia that will make people actually want these movies again. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like real one. Not like the Expendables where they right. do the CG blood with the old people. No, no, not the, uh, n- not even like Planet Terror where it's a spoof. Like, no, I want the real shit shot in a week, shot cheap, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, do it for real. Like, don't make it corny on purpose. You know what I mean? And, and, and in between the two of us, we got lots of ideas. We do. I'm now share them no, with you people, though. Because <laughs> you'll steal them all. <laughs> now, okay, I find it strange that Charles Bronson is uh, sneaking into a mental hospital to assassinate a guy. And I don't know if you noticed that, Corey, but he actually parked in the handicap spot. <laughs> well, you know, you can run a license plate. Wouldn't this be the time that you could steal a car or took a bus? Yeah. If you're going to take a bus somewhere, you should probably do it here. Even a cab would be better. Yeah, boy, I gotta find where this guy is, eh? Yeah, and, like, it's so obvious. He comes up and he asks for the guy by name, where's he staying at? And, like, the nurse tells him or whatever, but it's like, you know, this guy, he's going to sneak in and murder him, and then people are going to be like, was there anybody, you know, the cops are going to come later and be like, was there anybody suspicious? They're going to say, yeah, this fucking dumbass who kept saying he needed his patient but had no clue where he was staying at the hospital. Well, how could these people not recognize it? I mean, it wasn't like he went to some big, huge... He's in a loony bin, essentially. Was there probably four doctors that go there? Nobody, you know, who... Do you think anybody would have recognized him? Let me see. Now, I, I, I was kind of shocked watching this the other night that this is actually Charles Cyphers here who was in all the uh, the John Carpenter movies. That just shows how hard the life of a of an actor is. I mean, this guy played the sheriff in Halloween. He played the... Uh, I guess probably the sheriff or whatever that transporting the prisoners in the original assault on precinct. This guy had leading roles in John Carpenter movies, and here he came for like like pretty much a glorified extra <laughs> in Death Wish Two. He probably got paid more for doing this, though. You think so? I mean, come on, what, how much could you have really made off of? I mean, I don't think John Carpenter got paid anything for them John Carpenter movies. No, I guess that's true. 
I mean, how dumb would you feel if you were John Carpenter, you created Halloween, and you don't get a goddamn penny for anything from it anymore? Same for Toby Hooper with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and I kind of... I kind of feel bad for them, because, like, all these fans just want to masturbate. And John Carpenter, tell me about Halloween. It's like, John Carpenter, like, did so many movies after that, he probably forgot. And second of all, like you said, why keep bringing up something where the guy financially got ripped off on? Well, I wouldn't say he got ripped off. I mean, nobody... Nobody shook night at him and hung him out a window. Well, I don't know, Mustafa Akkad may have strong-armed him. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, let, let's be fair. He was dealing with the cards. Yeah, that's... This guy made me money. He might have had, like, a blade to his throat or something. <laughs> <laughs> made me some money. With my, you, John Carpenter, you come with your bullshit Halloween mask to shoot snakes out. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> You put the mask back on and some stuntman motherfucker and make me money. <laughs> well, you say, we make a hundred of these. He's making me money. <laughs> yeah. What, he holds up the fucking doll of the guy? I don't hold the doll. The guy's like, the guy's office was a shrine. I mean, like, yeah. like it was a fanboy office. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a fan. Yeah. Now, don't you think it's weird that Bronson shot that gun straight into that flipped over table and a bullet didn't even penetrate that table? <laughs> yeah, I don't... He's got to bring a better gun. Well, he probably should have, you know, shot him under the table or something. Yeah. He really didn't play that very cool once he got in the room, I don't think. I really don't believe that Charles Bronson could have whooped this dude's ass, though. Yeah. Well, you can tell in the long shots here, a lot of the fighting is um, not Bronson, to be fair. Now, this Who carries is, a shiv in a loony bin? Yeah, in his sock. Um, th- that was very weird that he stabbed the shit out of uh, Bronson there. Well, what's weird yet is Bronson, that arm has been slashed. Now the shoulder's been all stabbed, and Bronson's mm. still throwing hooks with it. Yeah, and he's still 60 years old, too. I like That's the effect. Pretty, yeah. There, I like that. I like the effect of the guy getting electrocuted and his hair blowing all over. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's it's supposed to be that it's standing straight up while it gets electrocuted, but you can tell it's a fan blowing it up. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why they cast, cast a guy with such weird, goofy, shaggy hair, was to do that, just to do that special effect at the end. Good thing, Bronson. Good thing the guy punched into that. Yeah. <clears throat> and what I kind of like about this Death Wish series is there's always a moment where Bronson gets caught... And he's facing life in jail. And he just tells somebody that his his wife and daughter got raped and they let him go. Yeah, and this guy's like, cool about it. Like, well, you know what? Just leave. I'll wait like five minutes before I pull the alarm. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tells Bronson he'll give three minutes, but he watches him walk down the hallway. He's still in sight and he pulls the alarm. <clears throat> Bronson's probably like, all right, before you do that, boy, tell me how to get out of here. I've never been here before. I had to ask where this guy was. I got lost. <laughs> Is it two rights and then a left, or two lefts and then one more right when I get out of the parking lot? It was like a painting game when they looked. It was all the different colors on the floor. It's funny. You know, Bronson is a respectful vigilante, though. He picks up his gun off the floor. He wants to take that with him. But, um... He wasn't just going to push this guy out of the way or use gunpoint to get out of the hospital. He 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 was ready for this, uh, you know, this male nurse at this mental hospital to arrest him or keep him there until the cops could arrest him. Yeah, he just wanted to, you know, he just wanted to kill those big people. Yeah, exactly. This fat ass jogging out of the building. 
<clears throat> Three minutes my ass, you lying bastard. Now, do you think Canon Films would have survived if uh, Mustafa Akkad was running them instead of Golan Globus? Oh, I think so. Charles Bronson would have been nine being a walker, and he'd have been like, you're making me money. <laughs> this guy, everybody say, too old, not good anymore. I say, I love him. He make me money. <laughs> he would have a fucking Boyo doll in the office. <laughs> He would probably have that fake bloody lab coat <laughs> that Bronson was wearing hanging up on the wall and shit. Has Akkad done anything other than the Halloween films? He did, but they were like they were like uh, fake Lawrence of the Arabia movies in the 70s that okay. maybe they made money overseas, but they were never hits here. Yeah. I wonder if he's ashamed that his punk-ass kid don't have that work ethic. Yeah. His kids should be up to Halloween 29 by now. Yeah, his son took, <clears throat> like, what, a, a seven-year break now in between Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and the upcoming Halloween 3. That's too much. Mustafa Akkad wanted that shit out every year. I bet you if it would have been successful, he'd have been putting them out two a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, the Weinsteins always wanted their Halloween films to come out in August. Mustafa would have yeah. put out one in August and then one at Halloween 2. <laughs> And then he, he probably just done like trilogies. Then you gotta come back at Christmas for the finale. <laughs> yeah, he would. Now here we go. Jill Ireland finds finds the, uh, the you know the practice fake uh, ID badge for the hospital, and she's hearing on the radio that somebody broke into the hospital and killed the uh, guy. So obviously she, she she finally after this whole movie Bronson duping her, and that's what I want to talk about. You know, she figures it out. She pieces it together here. She leaves her engagement ring behind. She leaves Boyle for good. It's a shame that she's the world's dumbest reporter. Yeah. I mean, she's a good-looking woman. She owns a Corvette. Why would you even want to marry a 60-year-old Charles Bronson anyway? Honestly. You know, she's in good shape. What's she going to be with some saggy fat dude for? But 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 let's talk about the ethics. I mean, obviously, and that's why I love this movie, is when I was watching it, when I was watching it, I like I love the payoffs of when Bronson killed the guys because like I was so shocked kind of by the raping and shit that like I did want to see these guys die, but you know so I don't think he did anything wrong in killing them. Do you? No, I would have done the same thing. Of course, but I think maybe where he did go wrong was he tricked this woman so much. I think maybe that was his. You know, he should have just told her straight up. Yeah. Like, these scumbags don't deserve to, to you know, live or whatever. And, and again, nothing phases him. You know, he comes home. He, you know, they didn't show up, but I'm sure he found the wedding ring there. He knows that she found out and left. So, yeah. but he's happy. He don't care. He don't care. He sold one version of that uh, building with yeah. the nice door. Yeah, made out of cardboard. Yeah. Give me my check, boy. And it's awesome, too, that his boss asks him, <clears throat> have you been drinking and where have you been every night? I keep calling you. <laughs> Bronson says, it rings sometimes I answer, sometimes I don't, but I'm fine. And this is a great ending. Like, uh, the boss is like, oh, I got a party coming up. Would you like to be there? And Bronson what says, would I be? yeah. <laughs> and it's so cheesy how he says it. at the, That's the most emotion he showed at the end. Yeah, and it's like some cockeyed smile. Yeah. It's like, well, you come to the party? Of course. Where else would I be? And then we get a montage of, you know, the streets and gunshots ringing out. 
that's a great like i mean this is very dark you know whatever you know sad movie all these people getting raped and whatnot and bronson have to like be you know just murdering dozens of people but at least did you know did you notice though at the end that you saw he was wearing the toque <laughs> he was wearing the toque mm-hmm. but at least it ends with um you know bronson being happy that he's going to go back out on the street and murder more people yeah see he's got a purpose in life exactly <clears throat> This is a great movie. I, I mean, all kidding aside, I, I really like this. is My favorite of the, of the five. This is my favorite one. Yeah, I think it's great. That's why I, you know, I bought the two, three, four trilogy, and I even went on eBay trying to find the Denmark import blue of part five, but nobody had it at the moment. See, one is a great movie, but like we were saying before the show started, it's a it, one's a drama. I, I never ever ever considered an exploitation movie. It's a, it's a straight up drama, but uh, this is more an exploitation fair. Well, yeah, it's it's more drama, and I, it's, like, more realistic. It's about a guy who mentally is going crazy about what happened to his wife and daughter. You know what I mean? Like, he just, in the first one, he's just, he's not even out for revenge. He just goes on the street and starts shooting every mugger, every whatever that he sees. You know what I mean? Yeah. This one, he's a little more calculated, so to speak. He knows who he wants to kill. Yeah, this is more like the Punisher or something, I'd say. It's actually better than the Ray Stevens Punisher. I would agree. I don't get why everybody busts a nut over that one. That's such a low rent fucking movie. I mean, I like the movie to an extent that it's a Punisher movie, but honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, there's certain parts of the movie that are insanely cheap. Like, on it, like that are no kidding, cheaper than this one. Well, my thing too is the Punisher doesn't wear a flag jacket with a spray painted skull on it. Mm-mm. Now, Death Wish Two is over. Boy, oh, I got to ask you what, like. Maybe it's from another movie, but the Death Wish 2 DVD cover, why do they have Bronson in that that blue sweatshirt and the two? Mine doesn't. Remember, I got the region, too. Oh, you got the region, too. We stayed, yeah. in, we stayed in sync. Uh, yeah, okay. on the cover of mine, he's in his uh, petticoat with his gun out, and it's got the little, uh, oh, okay. you know, the little pal thing there that says, uh, like, 15 on it on the bottom of it there. <laughs> Wow, they 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 actually had a lower rating than the American version. You know, the American rating R, which means you got to be eighteen or seventeen or whatever. They're saying in the UK you can watch all this raping you want at only fifteen years old. That's pretty shocking. Either fifteen or eighteen. I'm almost positive fifteen though. Yeah, I have noticed most of the UK ratings are like a step lower than what we rated it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, so that, uh, you have to do more canon movies. Yeah, I think we're going to try. Like, I'm slowly picking more of them up on DVD Blu-ray. I definitely want to uh, continue with the Death Wish series, since it was such a big part of the 80s. Because I think we could still do three and four. I have five? Was five still in the 80s? You know, I don't know, because I know Crackdown Part 4 was 87. Let me do it. Crackdown was five, wasn't it? Let's see. Yeah, no, nah, f- wow, like, Death Wish 5 was really in the 90s, 94. I remember he was really, really, really old in that. He's like, going after, he was like in the apartment building or some shit. I don't remember, I haven't watched it in a long time. Well, not, not, yeah, not only that, but in part 5, his face is really puffy. Like, looks like from medication and shit. Oh, he had, well, what, he was 60 in this. Oh, yeah. And I this... mean, you're looking at an 80-year-old man. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, he was a little past 70 when he made part five. 
That's ridiculous. And he wasn't a Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, 70-year-old, let's be honest. Oh, he was an average 70-year-old. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I give him a lot of credit for... I mean, I guess probably his quote-unquote serious career was winding down by the time, you know, Golan Globus got a hold of him with Cannon. Um, just because of his age, that you know, that happens with guys. So I actually give him credit, though, that he was willing to continue his career doing exploitation movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he making the money. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, so that's it for Death Wish 2. I'm sure you'll be seeing Death Wish 3 and 4 later on down the line. And Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing. Oh, you can't forget about Swamp Thing. What's... And Reform School Girls. Oh, Reform School Girls for sure. What, what else do you think we could tease the people with? Kickboxer. Oh, Kickboxer, absolutely. Rocky Four. Oh yeah, Rocky Four. Rocky Three. Rocky Three. Mac and Me for sure. Um, the, the, nah, I was gonna say the Goonies, but Desi talked about enough movie. <laughs> yeah. Dream a little dream. <laughs> I do. I do. I. You know, we might have to disappoint people. I don't think we'll be hitting up Friday the Thirteenth movies anytime soon. Probably no Friday the Thirteenth. Maybe a couple more Elm Streets, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sleepaway Camp might be in there, maybe. Oh, for sure. Maybe part two. Part one, one stinks. It's hard to sit through. I just like that last payoff scene. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for sticking by us here in the 1980s movie graveyard. We appreciate keeping up with the Facebook page. If you're not on the Facebook page, get on Facebook. Just type in the 1980s movie graveyard. Uh, if you want to hear other movie-related podcast, go to slowhandradio.com. If you want to email us at the 1980s Movie Graveyard, tell us what your favorite 80s movie is, maybe what you would, you know, movie you would like us to sit down and watch in the future, hit us up at slowhandradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you with the player's choice. I don't give a fuck what any of you people have to say. <laughs>